for those of you that are really familiar uh, with your pastor, you know that I love to read. Um, I love to read. When I go on vacation, uh, I bring a couple books with me, usually more than I can read. Uh, but I, right now, at this point in this year, I'm up to uh, 40 books that I've read, and I've read 43 book reviews because I realized I can't get to all the books that I want to read, so I actually started subscribing to book reviews, kind of like Cliff Notes of books. So I've done 43 Cliff Notes of books and 40 books, and I'm always like reading and reading and reading because I just love how I get more knowledge. It just it educates me. I learn new things. And uh, one time we were on vacation as a family with another family in our church, and uh, we went to Mexico, and it was over spring break, and uh, I brought this book with me. It said, 100 Words Every High School Freshman Should Know. And so our, our little relaxing time around the pool, the afternoons would get hot. And so uh, I said, hey, we're going to learn while we're on vacation. And they're like, boo, you know. But I said, no, no, really. It's 100 words that every freshman should know. And so we did this. And we're uh, doing the words. And I, it's funny. I have their names in the, in the book here because we keep score and keep track each day. And, you know, different words like embargo. How many know what that word means? Okay, four of you. All right, hopefully our Edina area campus got that one. All right, uh, inference. Okay, let's hope we get that one. That was another word. Introspection. Uh, there are all these different words. Uh, parasites. Some of you are like, I know that. I'm sitting next to one. All right, you know, you just, you got that. You know, spectrum, stereotype. And so we're doing all these words, and, and it actually turned out to be something fun where everybody was uh, learning the words, or at least I thought we were having fun. But, um, you know, we're sitting there and learning these words. Why? Because words are powerful. Words are powerful. And, and you, I think all of us should really learn to expand our vocabulary, learn new words. And um, I, I actually think texting is uh, really an enemy to good grammar. I mean, uh, I actually had one of the kids in the youth group the other day. He goes, T.Y., Pastor Rob. And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, thank you. That's T.Y. I was like, no, don't speak in text. <laughs> I will rebuke you. Don't do that. You know, I mean, LOL. You know, don't do that. I will. I don't receive that, you know. But words, words are powerful. How many know words are powerful? You put the right words together with the right emotion, and there's a lot of power there. I mean, words are so powerful because even a great speeches that are, are given can just motivate people to do incredible things. You think about maybe you've uh, observed a movie, and you know, somebody's like, freedom! I mean, you run out of the theater and like, ah! I mean, the words are powerful. And so today, when we look at the name of Jesus, I'm going to tell you that the name that we're looking at is the Word. That's a name for Jesus. It's called Jesus is the Word. And so I want you to understand there's power behind this. There's meaning behind this. And it's, it's, it's a very useful thing for us to understand the name of Jesus as the Word of God. Okay? So you need to understand this. Now, uh, I got to admit, after last week, you know, uh, for those of you that weren't here um, I had a different word picked out, and then I felt like I was supposed to throw it out, and I put a new word in, and that word just came together really good, and it was like one of my favorite sermons to preach like in the last couple years. I just enjoyed it so much, and everywhere I was going, people were like, oh, man, that was like one of my favorites, and that was way better than usual, and I'm like, what is usual like, you know, so, you know, just, you know. And if you're like, no, no. And so I got to admit, like, I'm, I'm studying all week on the Word, and I'm, I'm praying about this. And halfway through the week, I was ready to throw it out, you know, because I was like, you know, there's a lot of pressure. I threw it out. And if this isn't good, people will come up to me afterwards and go, like, you should have thrown that one out, too. So I just thought, all right, no. But I, it, it grabbed me. It got me. And we're going to go somewhere with this, all right? You need to know that one of the names for Jesus is the Word of God. And we're actually going to look at three passages of Scripture. And if you can do this, 
without having like a, a paper Bible. I don't know how you could do this with your electronic version. Um, but you can go to John chapter 1. You can go to 1 John chapter 1. And you can go to Revelation 19. Now what's interesting is all three of these are written by John. Okay? The Apostle John coins this phrase, if you will. He gives it to Jesus. And uh, just so you know, the Apostle John was the one that we used with the advocate from last week that just wrecked us. And I'm just believing that the Apostle John's got something here that was inspired by the Holy Spirit to give this to us about the Word of God, about Jesus, one of his names being the Word of God. Now, I love that John said uh, that Jesus was the word of God and not the thoughts of God or not the feelings of God because how many know that, that thoughts and feelings can be ambiguous, you know? And you're kind of, some of you are like, define that one. That's in here, all right? But um, it, it, it means we can be open to more than one interpretation with a double meaning. And you're trying to figure out, uh, he's the thoughts of God. What does that mean? He's the feelings of God. No, he's the word of God. And he was very clear why he used it. So I'm going to read the, the three passages of Scripture, again, from John 1, then from 1 John 1, and then from Revelation 19. And uh, I'm going to try to get through this here. But 1 John, or John 1, verses 1 through 4, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So that's the first reference. 1 John 1, 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Revelation 19, John gives us another time where he calls Jesus the Word. He says, I saw in heaven, in verse 11, Standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself, which is interesting. We're studying the names of God, and there's a name about Jesus that no one knows except him. He's dressed in a robe dipped in blood, now get this, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So he's got three passages for us to look at. The Apostle John is giving us, he's the word, he's the word of life, he's the word of God. Matter of fact, uh, there's different uh, things. There's uh, word of salvation, word of righteousness. There's all sorts of these things that are explaining who Jesus is using the word, word. And John starts this, and you gotta understand why he picks this term, okay? Here's what he's struggling with. He's trying to figure out how can he reach people with the message of Jesus Christ that have no idea who Jesus is, 
okay? He, he understands that there's Jewish people that have all this history, and they know that God had a plan since the beginning, but now what's happening is the church is starting to grow, and for every one Jewish convert, there's about 100,000 Gentile converts, people that have no idea that would be pagan, that would be lost outside the Jewish uh, religion. They don't know the context of what's going on. And so you've got all these preachers going out saying, Jesus Christ is, is God's son and he loves you and he died for you. And they're like, who's Jesus? Who's God? Fill me in on the story. And so John's trying to figure this out. He's like, I got to figure out, rather than telling people like, okay, go back to Genesis and we've got Adam and Eve and we got this and we got the prophets and we got this and we got, you see what I'm saying? And so he's trying to figure out how do I get from here to here and get right to the point so we can get right to these people that don't know the history. But how do I not offend all the people that know the history? What's a term, a starting point that I can give for Jesus that both groups will understand? And he comes up with this. He comes up with the word. He comes up with the word. He says, in the beginning was the word. And Jewish people and Greek people in that day would understand, okay, we have a starting point. We have a reference. So let me give you the reference of this, and then we're going to get to three things for us today. And you could tell I'm either excited or really jacked up on Red Bull. I'm just saying, you know. Um, okay. Here's the understanding. Uh, Jewish people understood that words had power, okay? And they believed that words were, had an independent existence and actually did things, okay? Are you tracking with me? Jewish people, Hebrew people, believed that words had power, and when they were spoken, they, they had like a, a unit of energy that was charged to the word, Okay, And so when they would speak things, they understood it was almost as if they were sending their word as a thing, an object, a tool, a force that was going out of their mouth. Okay, Now, just track with me on this because this is so interesting. That's why the, Jew the Jewish people, the Hebrews, had about 10,000 words in their vocabulary. 